This is your morning routine. Listen, respect my name. Cap and J-Hood. That's right. That's right. We're bad. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Watch the show on Twitch. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Stream the show on the ESPN Chicago app and on FM 100.3 HD2 and on ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now, no, 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 no. David Kaplan and Jonathan Hood. Good morning, everyone. Bring them out. Bring them out. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Welcome in to the Captain Taylor Morning Show here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. We got Shay, we got Jay Moore, we got you. On a back-to-work Monday with open phone lines for you at 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our telephone number. Good morning, Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Thanks so much for keeping the conversation going. Not only for this show and all the shows here on ESPN Chicago, and we've got breaking news from Adam Schefter. We just saw it, Cap, an hour ago on his Twitter feed, at Adam Schefter. The Bears already have been approached by multiple teams about trading the draft's number one overall pick. And Chicago is said to be leaning toward moving the pick. So the number one pick now looks like it is for sale. So when you first saw that, what was your initial reaction? Not a surprise, but when it comes with the stamp of approval from the great Adam Schefter, who will join us at 818 this morning, it adds more legitimacy to this new era of Bears football. We will be leaving right after the show tomorrow and getting down to Indy, and we'll be at the Combine. Ryan Poles will be with us live on set Wednesday morning at 730, so please Appointment listening, lock in. We will have the exclusive interview with Ryan Poles. But when Adam tweets that, along with a number of players are not going to participate in the workout portion of the combine. They'll come in, do their medicals and their meetings, and that is it. It tells you they've hung a very pricey sign. Yep, we're going to sell the house. How much are you asking? A lot. Let's go. Well, I I think that, once again, the Bears are in a unique spot. It's something that you and I have documented for weeks here on Cap and Jay Hood, that when you have the number one pick, you have a lot of things that you could do with it. You can keep it at number one. You can go down and get picks. And I think that for Ryan Poles, he looks at this team and says, boy, we're bereft of a lot of talent. You and I have looked at this depth chart daily, Cap. We're thinking that it's going to change. <laughs> when we look at this depth chart, we're like, oh, there's going to be some talent there. It's going to be, no, that p- talent will not pop up until we get to the draft and free agency. Mm-hmm. And so because you don't have a lot of talent on the team as far as difference-making talent, cornerstone talent, guys, it's going to make a difference for your football team. When you're Ryan Poles, the world is your oyster. Yes, you want to be able to get younger and start to be able to reimagine this Bears team in his own image. But, Cap, I'm thinking, look, I thought for a long time that he would be able to covet the number one pick, pick who he likes, who is the best player in the draft, and then try to get more picks later on in the draft. But because they're open for business, that can't be a surprise. But I wonder what's the best scenario for the Bears. What's best for them? So, in my humble opinion, the best thing they can do is trade down to two. Mm-hmm. With Houston. Now, you will not get an extra number one pick in a trade like that. I know there are people thinking Houston will give you the next 40 number ones. They'll give you the second pick. 
what I keep hearing is their second rounder this year and a future third in 24. Mm -hmm. Then I look at that as bonus picks because I'm not taking a quarterback. And we can dissect that in a moment. Then I want to go either from two to four, two to nine. I'll go almost anywhere if the price is right. The farther you have to come, the more you have to pay. So remember, San Francisco in the 21 draft was at 12. They went 12 to 3 and got the third quarterback on the board, Trey Lance. Would they do that again? Probably not. They probably would take Justin Fields there. That said, they gave up 12 and two more number one picks and I believe a third. I'm all in. Let's go. There's so many holes on this team. I know people feel you can turn it around like that. I don't know if you turn it around with 20-year-olds in one year, but you can have, as we like to call it here, the new era of Bears football, Mm -hmm. sprinkle in an extra number one here, an extra number one next year, an extra two, an extra three. All of a sudden, if you do your job drafting, which is no slam dunk now, Right. Let's not forget that the previous regime had four top ten picks. None of them are on the roster. Yes. One was a really good pick. Roquan, they moved him. Leonard Floyd, they would never do that one again. Mitch Trubisky, we got other stories on him. Never do that one. And Kevin White, never do that. So you can have all the picks you want. You've got to hit on those picks. But this, if you wake up this morning as a Bears fan hearing Adam Schefter with that tweet where, again, you just read it, I'll read it again, sources, the Bears have already been approached by multiple teams about trading the draft's number one overall pick, and Chicago said to be leaning toward moving the pick. So the number one pick now looks like it is for sale. That is a breaking story from Adam this morning who will join us at 818. Okay. So if that is true... Now it's let's stockpile picks and then go to work. So I'll just tell you how I feel as a fan about what we've read from Adam Schefter, what we've speculated on the show regarding the draft. Mm -hmm. So, Cap, I have uh, somewhat of a nervous energy about what this Bears team is going to look like after this draft of free agency. Mm -hmm. Because we've talked up, and it is true, it is a new era of Bears football. But new makes me feel a little bit nervous, but in a good way. Because it's going to be something new and fresh with this team. My hope is that Ryan Poles, though, does not try to outdumb the room. Like, you, yes, you have the number one pick. And yes, you, you have the autonomy if you want to to be able to get more picks if you find the right uh, partner to dance with. But Cap, you've got to be able to get this right, though. This is not one of these things where, yeah, we struck out. We did, the players that we acquired in the draft and all the machinations are going up and down the draft. It just didn't work out after a couple of years. You don't have time, man. No. You don't have time. You got a new stadium right, uh, you know, uh, right around the corner. You have a head coach that I'm still not sure about because I really believe this is a transition time for the Bears. But while this is happening, Cap, you've got to be able to look at your offensive line and as you mentioned several times in the show, defensive line because the defense was as worst, as bad a defense as I've seen in years with this team. I, I, we've seen bad teams that were able to hold up their end of the bargain defensively. This team, no, because you were able to trade away or give away you know, quality players. So I, I just look at it as I'm very nervous about what's going to happen. I just hope that they get it right. 
I think every Bears fan that's listening right now feels the same way, that in two or three years that this draft will bear fruit for the future for this team. Correct. So when we show up there tomorrow, we pick up our credentials, we go have a little dinner, we get a good night's sleep, and Wednesday morning we are at the Combine. You're not getting that anywhere else. Lock in with us. You're at the Combine. It is a dawning of a new era of Bears football. It's going to sound different. It's going to smell different. It's going to look different. And hopefully, the record's going to look drastically different. So I want this built the right way. If you tell me 2023, okay, they were markedly better, but the record wasn't, oh, my God, I'm okay. As long as I see the foundation being laid, wow, that three technique looks really good. Wow, the offensive line, it's got to now learn how to win, and it's got to jump. But, boy, they made some really good Holy smokes, who's that new running back? Wow, that wide receiver won. Like, I made a list here. They need a left tackle. Mm-hmm. This is offense. A right tackle. A center. A wide receiver one. A wide receiver two. Another tight end. That's just on offense. Yeah. That is six core pieces. Now, Braxton Jones fills either left tackle or right tackle for me. Yeah. I think he moves to right. We're just hoping that he's a guy, but we don't know yet. We don't know. Yes, but that we're hoping is that here in your draft pick, you got Braxton Jones, and uh, as you've mentioned, it's a good possibility for him to be on the right side. Maybe. Or if they truly believe he can stay at left, yeah. go get him. I've got to get the other tackle solidified. It's not going to be Riley Reef. Okay? I feel like Tevin Jenkins has to mature, but he's got all the ability in the world to be my right guard going forward. I need a left guard if I'm not going to have Cody Whitehair. Are they going to cut him? I don't know. We'll see. The Jenkins deal, if he can stay healthy, Cap, that is a feather in the cap for the Bears. Correct. All I'm waiting for him is to – because when we watch and then we read and they say Tevin Jenkins, the best offensive lineman graded for certain games, it's like, yeah, boy, imagine if he stayed healthy. What kind of difference maker he would be? Correct. Now, I've got to get a center. I love that Mustafer plays hard and he's a depth guy, all of that. He, I need my neck, the next Olin Krutz, a guy that for 10 years is right there, and he is brilliant, and he identifies defenses, and he is the leader in the I need the anchor in the middle of that offensive line. Yeah. And then Darnell Mooney's a wide receiver three. He is. On and he's a, coming off an injury. On a good team. Correct. On this team, he's WR1. Correct. So, so far. So I need WR1. I need WR2. I've got Mooney. I've got Claypool. Hmm. Now my offense is getting better. Are you re-signing David Montgomery? Field Yates said he does not think that's going to happen. If that's the case, then go get somebody in free agency. Don't overpay. Build your line on both sides. And I haven't even gone to the defense yet. We'll get to that. Mm -hmm. But that's how far away we are. But it is the dawning of a new era. And again, if you're just getting up, Adam Schefter tweeted, the number one pick is officially for sale because the Bears are leaning toward moving it and have gotten multiple calls about trading the pick. From the defensive side, when you look at the secondary, Jalen Johnson is a guy. um, Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon are guys that are going to be here for quite a few years, I believe. Eddie Jackson at free safety. Well, he's still with this football team. I still want to know what you're going to do on the other side with the corner. If you've got Jalen Johnson on one side, who's on the other? Got to fill that spot, Cap. 
And the, 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 when you look at the linebackers, as much as you and I laud you know, Jack Sanborn, again, that's still an evaluation to find out if he's going to be a guy for you for the future. Then there's Nicholas Morrow, just a veteran, right? Mm-hmm. Joe Thomas, just another veteran. Mm-hmm. Got to figure out what the next generation of linebackers are going to be with this football team. All right, guys, Jack Sanborn going to be a starter? I, I hope so because I think it's a great story. You know, I think he's a guy that feels like I got to work hard. And he I gotta, played really well. Every snap I got to play hard just to be able to make this football team and make a difference. So defensively, need a three technique, need another D tackle, need two rush ends. You need at least one linebacker. You need another starting level corner. And then you've got to get roster depth. Yep. Because we know over 17 games, how many guys go down with injury. Yep. So that is a huge problem. And then I ran into York out on the street on Friday Mm -hmm. as I was leaving. And I said, can I ask you a question? Because there's been all this talk of, do you need talent? Do you need to learn how to win? And York said, kid, you need both. Do not believe that you don't need to learn how to win in the NFL. He said, when did Philadelphia build their offensive line that took them to the Super Bowl? I think two of those guys came in the 2012 draft. Mm-hmm. They're veterans that know how to play the game. That is what he's talking about. Yes, bereft of talent, to use your word. You also have to need to learn how to win. So this news this morning that they're probably going to trade this pick gives them every opportunity to start to build this thing the right way with a solid foundation. So the number one pick is officially for sale, according to Adam Schefter. Would you rather they stay in the top four picks or trade further back to get multiple first? Let's get your thoughts on the Bears here. Let's open the phone line, Shay. 312-332-ESPN, 332-3776 is our phone number. We're talking to you about this breaking news from Adam Schefter. If you're the Bears, what do you do with the number one pick? Cap and Jay Hood, weekday mornings at 7. Checkmate 16. That's why I see him in a shot. Shot or no shot with Captain J. Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. That's why I see him in a shot. Good morning, Chicago. And welcome in to the Captain J. Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000, streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. At this time every day, we give you shot or no shot. And here. Shay Norlin. Shay? Good morning, boys. Kaplan, I got to hear a little bit about this North Carolina weekend at some point. We will get into it. It was awesome. I took my son to see North Carolina and Virginia in Chapel Hill. That was a bucket list thing for him. And we went to a what list? Bucket list. Okay, just making sure. And we went to a steakhouse on Friday night. Just two of us, father-son trip. And the bartender came over and said, hey, where are you from? Chicago. That room right there. You see that big heavy door that slides closed so it's ultimate privacy? Yeah. That is the room that Mitchell Trubisky booked to have dinner with John Fox, Ryan Pace, and the front office. All right, so here you go. Shot or no shot? If that steak had been undercooked, Patrick Mahomes would be the quarterback of the Bears. That's exactly what Dino, the bartender, said. Boy, the meal hadn't gone so well. Patrick Mahomes might be in your uniform. Take that. And it was a delicious meal. Good restaurant. Yeah. Was, that does not surprise me. I'm sure that was top shelf, right? Top shelf. Here is Shay Norling. Shay? 
All right, we have the reporting from Adam Schefter. It goes with a little bit of draft news we got over the weekend. I want to bring up this Daniel Jeremiah interview, uh, NFL Network analyst. He gave his thoughts on the debate about Bryce Young versus Justin Fields. Listen to this. I had a higher, I have a higher grade on Bryce coming out than I did on Justin, but I don't think that Bryce is a great fit in Chicago. Um, and Justin, you know, obviously, I mean, I think the evaluation is both easy and complicated. It's easy in that you can see the playmaking ability and what he's done with his legs and the competitiveness and the toughness. That's easy to see. And then it's it's complicated because how do you evaluate him with, with what he's got, you know, with who he's working with? So uh, to me, I, it, this is the only thing. If And in, in knowing, in knowing the guys in Philadelphia and hearing over the last, since Jalen Hurts got in the league, hearing the work that he was putting in and hearing, you know, talking to coaches on that staff that say they would go down to the weight room on a Thursday night, nine o'clock, and he's, he's there watching tape downs. Like he, he just lived there. So when you, when you know that the, you know that he's got the ability and then you know the commitment and the work ethic is there, I think it makes it easy to believe in Jalen when he's, and he's, he's paid off. I don't. I don't have is, is the same relationships there in Chicago. I've never heard anything that would lead me to believe that Justin's not doing that. But if Justin's doing what he needs to be doing from that standpoint, I'd be like, oh, this guy's got so much ability and he's committed to it. Let's uh, let's give him some help and let's try and build around him. So there you go, Daniel Jeremiah, one of the more tapped in uh, network, NFL Network guys, says. Bryce, he has a better grade on than Justin, but stick with Justin. Shot or no shot. Even if the Bears think Bryce is better than Fields, they should stick with Justin Fields. Shot. That, that's a shot, and he can stick his grades, his personal grades. What does that mean? Like, okay, so if you believe in Jer- Daniel Jeremiah and his eyes, then you can go along with what he's saying. All I know is that I would rather go with the genuine article, someone that I can, I know that you can mold and shape and that there's more to him than what we saw than Bryce Young. For me, at this point in time, that's what I would say. So his grades, please. Well, this is what he does for a living. I mean, he's really, really good. He played college football. He was a quarterback, and he was a college scout with the Ravens, Browns, and Eagles. He's not just some talking head. Like, this guy has lived this life, and if he... Has a higher grade on Bryce, great. But as he said, I'm not in the room in Chicago. If they believe in him and he's a really good talent, surround him with talent and keep him. Yeah, and that's the right thing to do. 100%. so difficult. There's only a handful of teams now, Cap. But there's a number of teams that wish they had a quarterback that they could say, all right, we're going to start from scratch with this guy. We're going to build with this quarterback. Or you do it the Colts way and just try to find every veteran that you can. And try to be able to piecemeal it together that way, right? Like, like you know? this guy. Like, if you said, "Hey, they have some Jason Lock and Fora is reporting, yeah, you know, whatever." This guy at least has worked with three different teams evaluating college players. If he truly has a really good grade on Bryce Young, it's worth talking about. But again, as he said, if Justin fits there and he's a really good player anyway, surround him with talent. I think that's fair. But just like, but comparing someone who's been in the league, this will be year three. I always look at last year as the first year for Justin because he's the first year as a starter. Mm-hmm. That whole nonsense with Nagy, almost I'm trying to erase that out of my mind. Yep, because he was not coached well. You mean the Chiefs' new OC? It's fine. It's fine. And just now, you have to be able to give uh, Andy Reid his um, his donut and his coffee. On stainless steel now. Correct. <laughs> now it's on a, on a nice platter. Correct. Versus just handing it to him now. Now you'll see. Now you got to hand him 
it with uh, with kid gloves. Correct. So I, I just I look at it last year as his first official year. That's what I look at. Right. For me. And so for me it's yeah, it's a it's Justin for me. And I think the Bears could do something with him. I hope Shay. so. Yep. Shay. All right, Bears talk dominating the day. We have Courtney Cronin next at 818 and Adam Schefter at 835. Yes. This is still a busy day in Chicago sports outside of the Bears. I want to talk about the Bulls who swept the weekend with wins over Brooklyn and Washington and Patrick Beverly's first two games as a bowl. And Max Levine showed up. Great weekend. Combined for 59 points in the two games. He shot 66% on 35 shots, including 6 of 10 from 3. Shot or no shot. This is the Pat Bev effect. <laughs> well, the first game, yes. This game here with Pat Bev, I mean, he had one assist. So no Pat Bev effect there. It's just Washington isn't very good, like the Bulls. It's two bad teams that they beat. And I mean, Pat Bev defended really, really well yesterday. He had a shot block on a guy who was going in for a layup. I was like, whoa. Yeah. The old man still has a little hop in him. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, a little bit of the Pat Bev effect. The Bulls also beat two bad teams. Now let's see them go to Toronto and win up there. What does that really mean, Cap, that they beat two bad teams? Have you seen the Bulls this year? What's a bad team to the Bulls when they're a bad team? No question. <laughs> Beating <laughs> bad teams is new for them. <laughs> right. right. I mean, we've been waiting for this since uh, October, haven't we not? I mean, they're losing against the Magic in Oklahoma City. I mean, that's my whole issue with them is that you are at a certain level in the league. But you should be better than Washington and the Nets or Oklahoma City or the Magic or these other teams or the Spurs. But, you know, it didn't work out that way sometimes for the Bulls. Correct. So, Pat Bevafet, I will say no shot, especially yesterday. Come on now. We had one assist. I mean, he was on the floor defensively, sure. No, that me, first I'm going to be on Zach with being ass. Well, right. clearly, that Zach is the case. Said, no, you're not going to be on my ass. I'm going to play well. Yeah, so, I mean, no shot so far. DeRozan was good yesterday, too. They play Toronto tomorrow. Tomorrow. At Toronto. At Toronto. And DeRozan had 29 last night. And Vooch, again, 16 points, 13 rebounds. I mean, the big three led the way again. Playoffs. We'll see. Shay. All right, Wilson Contreras spoke over the weekend about his time with the Cubs and how the Cardinals organization has been a little bit different. Let's hear this. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is, uh, this for me, I like this better. It's a it's better organization. Uh, we all like almost like all old school, old school way, which I love it. Um, and that's something that I really like it. I was I already talked to uh, the manager about it, like how I was a coach here, and everything since I got here has been everything just one way, the cardinal way, and I have to adjust it. So uh, it's, it's not it's not it's not it's not that hard. I mean, it, it do everything right and respect each other. That's it. Ah, oh, the twisting of the knife. Oh, my goodness. He said out loud in a nice, clear voice, the Cardinal way. Oh, God, your guy, the Cardinal way, Cap. Hmm. I like this better. This is a better organization. Shot or no shot, that's an indictment on the Cubs front office. No shot. Absolutely no shot. He would have, and I love Wilson. He's been great to my son. Full disclosure. Just so everyone's clear. Great to you, too. I have a special needs son, and he's been amazing to him. He's been great to me. That's right. I like Wilson Contreras, the guy, very much. Say it. He would have signed here and run to grab the pen. They did not want him back under any circumstance. They have their reasons. So 
Look, he plays for the Cardinals now. I'm going to always root for the guy, not that team. I hope he goes four for four and they get beat 86 to nothing when they play us. Mm-hmm. So l- let me just be full disclosure here. But those comments, Ryan Terrio went to the Cardinal <laughs> Fan Fest after he left us. The riot. The riot, mm-hmm. who's my buddy. Mm-hmm. And the riot said, oh, I'm on the right side of the rivalry now. So he got booed when he came back here. Mm. And I remember talking to him. I'm like, dude, really? He's like, Cap, what am I supposed to say? They got me on an interview. Well, now you're with the Cardinal. Yeah, I'm on the right side of the rivalry. He said if I would left them to come to the Cubs, I'd have said that there. He didn't have to say that, though. That sticks in your craw. Your buddy now is a Cardinal. That bothers you. Yeah. I think it really bothers you. Actually, it's more than what you're letting on here. But there's the guy here that you spent time with and understood his point of view when it comes to the Cubs, a guy that should still be here. My thought on it, as I told you before, the deadline is like, let him go. Like, where, where were the Cubs going anyway? Let him go. He did enough for the Cubs. But the Cardinals? Your hated rival? Yeah, I'm not oh, thrilled he's a Cardinal, and I wish he was still here, and I would have... Armed with the knowledge that I have, I would have kept him. Again, I'm not in that room. They have their reasons. Hey, Shay, how about this? Shot or no shot, the Cardinals are a better organization than the Cubs. Well, that's just, it's not even a debatable shot. That's a shot. Really? Who was the last team to win a World Series between those teams? Cap, I mean, it's one of the best organizations. the last team to go to multiple playoffs in a row? That'd be us. So stick that where the sun don't shine, snorling. He's such a, what's crazy is he's, he's such a historian, right? He's always the, the Cardinals. They don't ever go under 500. they They're always in the mix. They're so good, this and that. But then, all of a sudden, he turns into, into what have you done for me lately, guy. I've never seen that from Kaplan. Yeah, screw the Cardinals. John Hamm, the whole crew of them. Okay. Whitey. Well, Whitey. Him too? Herzog. Oh, Whitey Herzog. Who do you think I was talking about? I wasn't sure. John Mal- Zalak? Who do you yeah. think I was talking about? Why do you Herzog? I, there is no team in sports I dislike more than the St. Louis Cardinals. And now your buddies are part of the team. Correct. Says that the Cardinals are a better organization. Didn't have to say that. Didn't have to say it. Huh? The Cardinal way. That's a Oof. knife to the heart. And guess what? Oof. It's going to come back and haunt him. Unless they go win the World Series. If the Cubs win the division, or the Cubs have a run of success... Don't think somebody isn't going to go to the podium and go, Hey, Cardinal Way, stick it where the sun don't shine. You can say it, by the way, if you care to, if you want to think that Contreras signs with the Cardinals with the, with the door closed. Their door closed to win a championship. Do you think it's done now, the Cardinals? Probably. I don't think the Cardinals are that good. They're, they're okay. Mm-hmm. They're fine. I don't think they're, oh, my God. They didn't go get Otani and Trout. So, good luck, Wilson. Courtney Cronin will join us to give her thoughts about the Bears. Breaking news from Adam Schefter will get her thoughts about that coming up next. Adam Schefter coming up uh, coming up in 20 minutes right here on Chicago's Home for Sports. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Captain Jay Hood are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Keep your beak out of this. Courtney Cronin.
National Chicago Bears reporter for ESPN. I think you have to temper expectations if you are a Bears fan, just given everything that this team had to kind of undo. Breaking down the Bears and the latest NFL storylines. Team transcendent quarterback Ross is not this guy. You know, he's very legacy conscious. He wanted to go to Denver and build something and win a Super Bowl there. Courtney Cronin with Captain J Hood on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Captain Jay Hood, weekday mornings at 7 here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. Let's go to the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. And say good morning to Courtney Cronin, who covers the Bears for ESPN and ESPN.com. Courtney, good morning. Morning, guys. How are you? You know how we're doing. We saw this story from uh, Adam Schefter uh, and, and Water's Wet. We knew this was going to be the case, right, that the Bears would be interested in trading this pick. What's your uh, – if you're Ryan Poles, though, what do you think the best course of action is? Because you wrote about this on ESPN.com. If you do trade it, what's the best scenario? Yeah, I mean, just to just to treetop this whole thing, like this is the biggest no-brainer. Like, and everybody knew that this was a situation the Bears were going to be in. If I had to kind of guess how things unfolded here, this is a young general manager who's going into the combine and wants to create leverage for himself and the team and wants to put that message out there. Like, this is the week where a lot of the rumor mills start ahead of free agency and if you're a GM, you can control the message. You can put out smoke screens. You can do all those things. And I think this is a way for the team leaking that sort of you know, mindset that everybody already knew that they were going to be looking to trade the number one pick, just reinforcing, hey, we're open for business and trying to let teams know, hey, we might have been considering holding on to it, which I still don't think they do. But I actually don't know if this really helps them at all by, by having this out there. But regardless, what, what do they do with the number one pick? I... I think that the smartest course of action here, unless there is some major change in how teams are viewing these prospects, is to field offers to try to move back anywhere from two to four. I don't think you want to go much further than that because of where Jalen Carter and Will Anderson, the two top defensive players in this draft, are expected to go. So it'll be interesting to see what they come away with this week. But I wrote a story today at ESPN.com just kind of clarifying how the combine works. Like there's nothing, if you look back at the last couple drafts, like when the Eagles and the Saints rearranged the draft order in the first round last year, and then of course the year before when San Francisco moved up to three and, you know, Miami was involved, Philly was involved. Those trades don't happen at the combine. The inner workings of those things are often, you know, laid forth in Indianapolis when you've got 32 teams and representatives all there at once, but those I would not anticipate if they're going to trade the number one pick. I would not anticipate that happening for a couple weeks, probably a couple weeks after free agency. But they can use this week to to get a better landscape on who their trade partners, their best ones, might be. So as you look at how this whole thing is going to shake out, I went back through and I was telling Hoodie and the guys here. If you look when Jared Goff got traded, man, you look at the trade for Carson Wentz, you look at some of these other deals to move up in the draft, these are not going to happen until April, correct? Correct. And like there's like the the last two times we've seen the number 1 pick traded, it's gone for a quarter, it's gone for a quarterback and you mentioned the Jared Goff trade, that was yeah. 2 weeks before the draft when the Rams uh, traded up to get Tennessee's pick and 
know, before that, it was Atlanta moving up one spot to get Michael Vick in 2001. Right. The, the draft order does not change until after the first wave of free agency because you just don't have enough information yet to know, um, you know, what the teams look like, what your roster looks like when the dust settles in free agency, which was why two years ago it was so surprising to a lot of front office execs that I've talked to over the last year or so that San Francisco was willing at that point to move up not to number one but to three because we knew Trevor Lawrence was going to Jacksonville. We knew the Jets were going to be taking a quarterback, but they had the third pick at that point. And it's you know it's not a guarantee that you're going to get your guys. So typically – you're not going to see movement like this until, you know, I think that, that one, two years ago was a Friday afternoon in March. And then, of course, last year was early April with the Saints and the Eagles jockeying draft positioning. It'll come before the first night of the draft, though. Like, that's, that, I think, is almost a given at that point because you don't want to be on the clock dealing with that. And, and there's just going to be too many offers for them probably to field in the meantime where they'd have to execute something well before round one starts. Courtney, I was, I was, I was telling Cap earlier, I'm just trying to simplify this when I look at what the Bears could be looking at. So tell me this. Does this make sense if I said, Courtney, it just seems to me that the Bears have a choice. Either they are in love with Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, or Tyree Wilson and stay, stay pat at number one or to go down to get more picks because they're not in love with what they could get at the number one pick. Does that make sense? Because to me, Will Anderson and Jalen Carter for sure is a college football fan. I think they're the real deal. But again, you have your druthers to go down and try to get more. So is, does it come down to those two things, you think, if your polls? Yeah, and I think just there's going to be teams trying to call your bluff, saying you guys aren't drafting a quarterback, so we're not going to give you a king's ransom for number one when you could just take Jalen Carter at that spot anyways. and. Frankly, I don't think that that's out of the question. It's more difficult to find these game-wrecking three techniques in free agency. Typically, that's why those guys do not become available all that often, and, and you're not seeing a very big market for it right now. So I think you, you try to go defensive end, edge rusher, fix your lackluster pass rush, and maybe you end up foregoing a Will Anderson because you can address that spot in free agency and then use whether it's at number one or whether it's trading back a couple spots that, you know, your top pick to get Jalen Carter. But it, you know, that's one thing I think we can rule out this week is that it's not, it's not a bad idea if they stay at number one and take Carter. Like again, the draft boards here, we know that Carter's not working out this week. His agent drew Rosenhaus said that he was going to just be doing his pro day um, in at Georgia next month, but it's not, it's not a, but the draft board's going to change in terms. We know Bryce Young is a top quarterback expected to go in the draft, but if the Bears end up saying, hey, we're not getting nearly enough to move back, and yes, future draft capital is important, but we're worried about losing Jalen Carter to somebody else with, you know, in the top couple picks, or if they just don't get an offer that makes sense, they can take him there. And I think he's an instant game changer for this team and an up- certainly an upgrade uh, that's putting it lightly at that spot. So I was going through with Jonathan my thoughts on what this club needs. It, tell me if you disagree with me, and then I'll tell you my rationale. Left tackle, this is offense, left tackle, right tackle, center, wide receiver one, wide receiver two, and then another tight end. Now one of those two tackle spots is going to be filled by Braxton Jones. So that 
closes one of them. Then you need a three technique, another D tackle, two DNs that can get to the quarterback, another linebacker, a starting level corner, and then, of course, roster depth. How much can that be identified in one offseason? I mean, my God, you like, you know, can you really handle all those things in one offseason? No, that's, you know, that's why when you play my rejoin there and I tell people, I don't know when that was, if I show you and I were hosting Cap about tempering expectations for this team, temper your expectations for everything that they can get accomplished in this one offseason. You just listed like 10 positions right there. Correct. That's not all going to happen in one year. Can they start taking, you know, a stab at it and address really big needs? Like, you know, I think. You go back to what Paul said when we talked to him in January about the premier positions that they're willing to spend money on. That's cornerback, that's defensive end, offensive tackle. Like Those are the spots where if they're going to spend big, they're going to do it in free agency. Now, you know, if we're starting to like parse through there when you're looking at the wide receiver market, the free agent market is not great, and the draft class, it's, it's not as deep as it's been in previous years. Do they have to go and and find someone who could potentially be a trade candidate, a cut candidate. I mean, there's a million different ways that they could handle that, but there's a lot, like, it's just, how do you prioritize it? I think they were going to, if we're looking at free agency and that's what they use the combine for, they have player agent meetings all week and they're busy and they're trying to sort out timetables for what free, who's going to hit free agency, getting visits done, what they're going to be looking for on the free agent market. You know, I think you address the defensive end concern immediately. You try to find, you know, an upgrade at center, at left guard, uh, at left tackle. And, like, the left tackle one's interesting because that could come in the draft. If they end up getting a second-round pick before 54, they could find somebody either late first round, early second round. Um, and by late first round, I mean, we're, we're down a pick this year. So high 30s is where they could address that and then move Braxton Jones over to right tackle. But there's there's so many more needs than they have likely resources to handle it all in one season. They're going to try and they're going to add a lot. This roster is going to look a lot different, you know, three months from now. But to, to expect them to get all of it done in one off season is a stretch because of how much work they have to do. Courtney, instead of sending you a text, I will say to you directly on the air, congratulations on your new show with Peter Burns. Best week ever, every Sunday morning on ESPN 1000, also on the ESPN uh, radio app. Congratulations. I know somewhere Jeff Dickerson is uh, raising a glass of wine uh, to congratulate you, and we're doing the same. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys, and I'll be seeing you down in Indy in a couple days. All right, we appreciate it. Uh, it is Courtney Cronin with us on the CarX and uh, Auto Hotline. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Don't worry, call the CarX. Adam Schefter next on Chicago's Home for Sports. Here's today's headlines, headlines. with Captain Jay Hood. Good morning, Chicago. Adam Schefter reported this morning on Twitter that the Bears are leaning towards trading the number one pick after being approached by multiple teams already. Blackhawks held Patrick Kane out of the lineup on Saturday in San Jose. Didn't stop them from picking up their fourth or fifth straight victory, uh, 4-3. to three. The Sports Network reported that Kane is likely to be traded to the New York Rangers. Bulls completed a weekend sweep. They uh, win 102-82 against the Washington Wizards. Also, Damian Lillard became the second player of this season to score 71 points in a single game with a 131-114 victory against Houston. Jay Moore. Cap and Jay Hood are back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. On Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago.
Captain Jay Hood, weekday mornings at 7 here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan, John the Hood with you as we go to the CarX Tire and Auto Hotline. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Adam Schefter covers the National Football League like a blanket for ESPN and ESPN.com. He joins us here on Cap and J. Hood. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, gentlemen. What's going on? You know what's going on. Breaking news from you. The Bears are open for business. What was your initial reaction to that story? Well, listen, it's Combine Week where the entire NFL universe gathers in Indianapolis uh, right now to essentially study the prospects for the upcoming draft, begin to... Uh, assess deals for the upcoming year. And it's a situation where I think this is, you know, an advertisement. The number one pick is for sale. Let's start talking. We've already been talking. Let's make the best deal possible. And let's see what that entails in the end. So I I think they're open for business. They've been open for business. But this is now obviously uh, one final word uh, that it sounds like they are going to be open to dealing and trading that number one overall pick. Do you believe, Adam, and thanks for joining us this morning, that they would not only trade down maybe to two so Houston gets who they want or four because um, Indianapolis wants, but that they would make multiple trades down so that they could fill, they got so many holes to address that you could have a huge part of building a new foundation? Well, I think it's certainly possible that you could go from one to two with one deal, and two to four with another deal. And the options are multiple. Like, I don't think that they're confined or limited with the way the draft board falls to just one trade. It's possible that they can make multiple trades. It's possible they can make one trade. It's possible that, you know, it's up to them to sift through this year over the course of the next few days, weeks, whatever it may be. Uh, the draft is in essentially two months. But we've seen top picks trade. I remember coming up from the Combine the year that Josh Allen was in the draft and Lamar Jackson in the draft, and the Jets traded up, I believe, from 6-3 to three with Indianapolis, or 6-4 to four, or 8-4, to four, whatever it was. But I remember thinking, wow, that trade could be made in mid-March like six weeks out of the draft. And I just think the timeline on all these things in the NFL has been accelerated. And you don't wait necessarily to the end anymore. That these talks are going on. They have been going on. They're going to continue to go on. And nothing would stop the Bears from making the right deal this week if they found it. This week if they found it. Adam, as you reported, uh, the Bears are leaning towards trade that number one pick after being approached by multiple teams already. Was it what's going on with the Texans, Cardinals, and Colts in that regard? Are they? You think they're open for business or should be? Oh, listen. Um, when you look at the draft and the possibilities that are out there, we have the Texans at two, mm-hmm. the Colts at four, the Seahawks at five, the Raiders at seven, Falcons at eight, Panthers at nine. One, two, three, four, five. That's six teams in the top ten that you could make an argument will not be or could use help at the quarterback position. Six teams. So the Bears have the number one pick and really don't have a need a quarterback. I mean, I know there's talk about Justin Fields. I'm not buying. I think he's their guy. They just have to surround him with the right people. And so 
if you don't have a glaring needed quarterback, and they don't, and the Texans, Colts, Seahawks, Raiders, Falcons, Panthers all have quarterback questions over the long term, uh, you, you, you could have potentially you know, a feeding frenzy for that number one overall pick. And so, it creates an incredible situation for that organization and a chance to recoup a lot of these picks and to really stock up for the future. And that, that's what this is about right now. So I think there's another untold story here, Adam, that maybe doesn't get written today, but does after the draft. Because the Houston Texans knew before they played their final game, they were moving on from Lovey Smith. Lovey Smith basically gave the big middle finger to the organization, went for two, got it, and now they're picking second. And it's a generational mistake because they may have to give up a lot of capital to go get the guy they want. Do you think we will see this draft and what happened with Houston getting Chicago the number one pick and teams in the future, if we're changing coaches or if we know we're locked in and wanting to be number one, we are going to make it clear internally you are not to do anything to try and win that game. No, well, no, you know, listen, I think this was a mistake by the Texans uh, in this regard. Yeah, Lovey Smith knows there's a real possibility that he's going to be out. I don't know that he knows he's going to be fired, but he certainly knows it's well within the realm of possibility. And so, to me, you know, the front office very easily could say, or ownership could say, I don't want Brandon Cooks playing. I don't want any veteran playing. We're going to hold out key guys. Listen, you, you can't force a team to lose. There are 53 guys who are playing for their contracts. The players are not thinking the way that you're describing. They're thinking, I'm going to go out and do the best I can. My contract may be up. I'm always playing to try to keep my job. There's nothing you could do. But you can take certain guys off the field. That you can control, right? You can say, I mean, I don't remember who they started that game. I have to look at their lineup, the starting lineup. But they're probably four, five, six guys that they could have said, you know what, we're not playing this guy that day. And they didn't do that. You know, they, they, they played the game, and they played it to win, and they did win. And we'll see how it impacts them, but it certainly put the Bears into a tremendous position of power that a lot of people thought they might not be in. Adam, we see this in the NBA, Major League Baseball, all the time, where a team will go uh, and level a franchise, go in a different direction, and just start over. The Bears mm-hmm. picked a lane, clearly. With Ryan Poles wanted to pick a lane, moved a lot of players and a lot of veterans off the books, and so, based on football's past, how successful is this philosophy of starting over and have one pillar in fields and then move forward from there? Well, you know, listen, um, we've seen other quarterbacks. Like, the Eagles went out last offseason and surrounded Jalen Hurts with talent. Like, Jalen Hurts looked like he could play, but there were still some questions. They went out, they put A.J. Brown around him. Uh, they drafted Devontae Smith. You, you saw the difference it made. And so um, they, have to, they have to do a better job of protecting Justin Fields, putting great players around Justin Fields. You know, the, the wide receiver crew they played with last year was, was substandard. It just was. And they attempted to upgrade with Chase Claypool. They need more help at the position. It doesn't stop there. You know, Cole Komet was the leading receiver. They, they need to get some weapons there. And David Montgomery is now a free agent. We'll see what they do with that. They, look, to me, when we go into this offseason, I know everybody's waiting for a decision for Aaron Rodgers and, and, and waiting to hear what he has to say. But I don't think 
that there's any one person that's going to impact this offseason any more than the Chicago Bears general manager, Ryan Pulse. Here's a man that holds the number one overall pick. Here's a man that has roughly $100 million in cap space. Here's a man that's going to be moving and shaking. And so right now is the start of a critical two months for the future of this Bears franchise. And it starts now, and Ryan Poles is going to be at the center of it. By the way, I pulled up that box score you mentioned. Davis Mills threw for 298 yards, and Brandon Cooks played and had 106 yards on five catches with a touchdown. Yeah, they played their guys. Yeah, mistake, right? Like, yep. like it should, and Davis Mills, we appreciate everything you showed us this year. We're starting Jeff Driscoll. Brandon Cooks, thank you. We're going to try to trade you this offseason. You're not playing. Like, how hard is that? Agreed. For all to do. Agreed. Hey, man, thanks for taking time for us. We really appreciate it. Again, uh, you broke that story this morning that the Bears are leaning towards trading the number one pick. We're going to be in Indy. Hope we see you in Indy. It should be an interesting week. Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate having me. Hope all is well. You're the best. Adam Schefter from ESPN with us here on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. We'll unpack what Adam had to say coming up next on Chicago's Home for Sports.